0: (laughs) Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. President Cyril Ramaphosa this week meeting with the National Anti-Corruption Advisory Council to discuss government's response to the recommendations of the Zonda Commission of Inquiry into allegations of state capture, corruption and fraud in the public sector. Now the council was appointed in August last year to deepen the country's fight against fraud and corruption. It augments the work done by law enforcement agencies and plays an independent role in terms of combating corruption and other criminal activities. The President's meeting came in the in the same week that we also saw Public Enterprises Minister Pravin Gordon appearing before Parliament's Standing Committee on Public Accounts, as it still tries to get to the bottom of allegations of large-scale corruption, fraud, sabotage, and crime cartels at Eskom. Now, also a month ago today, the first state capture trial ended in a discharge for the defendants with Acting Blomfontein High Court Judge Nompomile saying both the police and prosecution had been woefully inept in their handling of the Nulane Investments fraud and Man Laundering case. And uh, this, of course, is our talking point this morning. So you can take part and tell us if you are happy with the pace with which the government and anti-corruption institutions are moving in the fight against corruption. And listening to Ralph there, it sounds like he's not uh, convinced that the pace is fast enough. So what are your thoughts this morning? Share your views with us on 41391. That's our SMS line. WhatsApp voice notes. You can send them to 692 3901. Please keep them to 30 seconds. Uh, Call us directly as well on 0 2032. Or you can also post your comments on Twitter and Facebook and we'll pick them up. And as promised um, the now Sunday morning discussion, we've got the chairperson of the National Anti-Corruption Advisory Council, Mr. Firos Kachalia who joins us live now. Good morning to you, sir.
1: Good morning, Pangevin. Good morning, to your listeners
0: thank you very much let, let, let's start with you know someone who's wondering this morning who probably um, you know hasn't been following the story since we we got to know of the appointment of this council since last year what would you say your core function has been in these months
1: so we are an advisory body um, the president uh, appointed the council um <clears throat> on on the recommendations of uh, or the nominees were from civil society so we we are we are appointed by the president but each of us uh, has had other roles I'm currently an academic at the university uh, but there are other counselors who who've uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, who come from various uh, walks of life. Um, <clears throat> the, the Cabinet adopted what's called an uh, all-society, all-government strategy um, two years ago. The Council is appointed in terms of that strategy, which we should have a discussion about uh, uh, this morning. So it's an advisory mandate focused mainly on institutional structural mm. change, mm. Um, which we need to have a discussion about.
0: Yes. Yeah, and and, and and that institutional structural change, uh, you know, being quite critical and top of mind for me right now are the procurement systems that when you think about, you know, what is coming Correct. out from the Special Investigating Unit, we're seeing that, you know, there's quite a lot of alarm bells that are ringing around the procurement processes. But before we even, um, you know, get into that. Let's start with, you know, for you, some have said that, you know, when I remember when, um, you know, the council was announced last year, some were saying that this is a smoke screen to kind of give an impression that the president is actively fighting corruption. They don't trust that this process is going to be credible. Do you think looking at the work that you've done so far, you are credible and it's not a smoke screen? How do you respond to those?
1: So because corruption, you know, is in our faces, um, it's so deep and there's been, there's so many uh, reports of uh, corruption um, without apparent uh, accountability. Uh, It's understandable that there'd be deep concern uh, in our society uh, and skepticism, frankly, about any action that is taken uh, or professed to be taken to fight corruption. Um, the the um, We are doing our best mm. um, and we have an important task and it's important for the public to understand what our mandate is and what our focus is. Now... The expectation—I heard someone talking about orange overalls. Mm-hmm. The expectation that people uh, who've been identified, for instance, in the Zonda Commission report, but I mean, it's it—you uh, know—it affects every institution: ESCOM, Prasa, all the state-owned enterprises, local authorities throughout the country, and so forth and so forth. The expectation that there should be uh, effective investigations and prosecutions of people who have engaged in corrupt acts is completely um, justified. Um, we're nowhere near the point where um, we have that level of accountability that is required. Mm. So let's start there. That's very, very important. now. I would say over the last two years, there's been some progress. Um, the MPA is, it has, has shown some level of improved effectiveness. I think the SIU and the Asset forfeiture unit um, are important institutions and they, they play a very important role. I think the Hawks have, uh, have also shown um, that they are, that they can be effective. We've seen uh, uh, improvements at at SARS and institutions was mm-hmm. captured and and dismantled. So there is improvement, but is it sufficient? No, and it is going to take uh, uh, time yeah. to rebuild that capacity. Okay. And,
0: and, and I and, and I yeah. think pardon me for coming in there Mr Kachala I think yeah. that is the one thing that you know some South Africans are crying about a lot of them that we talk to on on various shows that The pace is so slow and the NPA now is finding itself under incredible pressure and criticism that it's not moving fast enough when it comes to dealing with some of the corruption cases. At the same time, you have, you know, the hawks that are also finding themselves under the spotlight when it comes to what exactly is going on there. So there is quite a lot of concern from people at the fact that the pace at which these cases are being dealt with is extremely slow.
1: And I, I share that concern. And, and so you have this lag in investigations and prosecution at the same time as there is more and more evidence um, of, of increased corruption. Uh, Tembisa Hospital, ESCOM, uh, we, we see that there are syndicates operating and so forth and so forth. So that's where we are. We, we as a society have to start from the position that we have growing levels of corruption mm-hmm. and inadequate institutional capacity to deal with this this pervasive corruption so what do we do
0: and what do we do, do say, indeed
1: right so the question, so we we have got to understand that rebuilding these institutions building the capacity is an important task now, um, I'm saying there's been some improvement over the last two years, but it is certainly not adequate.
0: And Mr. Kachala, I'm, I'm, going go to uh, I'm going to ask you, pardon me, to pause there for a second. When we come back, I want us to talk more about building of capacity because you and I started um, you know, hinting at it when we began our conversation about the structural changes and what do those look like at a practical level, especially when it comes to, you know, some of these institutions that have become endemic. But let's take a breather because we have to go for a quick ad break. But when we come back, let's talk about some of the proposals then that are being put in place in order to see how then do we begin to capacitate some of these institutions. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Thank you for your thoughts this morning, and continue our conversation with Mr. Feroz Kachalia, um, Mr. Kachalia. One of the things that you know you and I were touching on is the importance of strengthening some of these institutions, particularly given you know the fact that corruption, um, you know, also rears its, its ugly head when you think about procurement processes. You think about some of the structural systems that are in place that are enabling it to continue. So, what has been you know your finding in this regard, and 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 some of what maybe you know you've presented to the president to try and look into to try and strengthen some of our public institutions
1: so you you, the discussion you know needs to start focusing on structure Mm. changing institutions including establishing new institutions because you know ask yourself the question with a with a constitution in place and so forth why is it that we were vulnerable to state capture. Mm. So we have got to start thinking about changing institutions, introducing new institutions which are required in the fight against corruption, including institutions which focus on prevention. Now, the Zondo Commission made a number of recommendations. It suggested there should be a new institution focused on procurement fraud. We are considering that recommendation. It made a recommendation that there should be a new institution focused on whistleblower protection. Whistleblower protection is a very important priority. Whistleblowers increasingly find themselves in very vulnerable positions. Mm -hmm. Some of them are being killed. So we're looking at at that proposal. the, the SIU has important functions to intervene before corruption happens or to dismantle corruption, systemic corruption. Let's take uh, a situation like we have at Tempisa Hospital. If you focus only on investigation and prosecution of individuals after the fact, in a sense, it's too late. Uh-huh. So we need to be able to go into institutions conduct forensic investigations, identify culprits where necessary, but also change the structures, the way the administration actually works in order to prevent corruption.
0: Would you say there's capacity to do that, though, to, to change the structures? Because, um, you know, the whistleblower conversation, for one, is, is is something that's been going on for quite some time now. I mean, they're paying not only with their livelihoods and sometimes with their lives. Is there a capacity currently, when you're looking at what, uh, you know, is happening in, 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 in these institutions to change this?
1: Well, the SIU has improved and, and the asset forfeiture unit have important functions uh, to, um, for instance, to, to enter in an institution. It requires a presidential proclamation to conduct an investigation and so forth. But I would say that the, the, uh, there's a huge gap there. Um, so we need to strengthen those powers. Uh, we may need a new institution, and that takes time. It's mm. going to take... Uh, it's, it, we should recognize that fighting corruption is not only a priority, but that there is no magic bullet. We, we This is going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take focus. It's going to take active citizenry and criticism of government. Um, you know, I, I fully understand the uh, the frustration of our people, and their skepticism. So where do we go from here? Um, we need to work together, uh, rebuilding institutions, establishing new ones where necessary. For instance, the Zondo Commission has recommended that we need a a permanent type of uh, a body similar to the uh, uh, the Zondo Commission to to be able to conduct investigations on an ongoing basis. So uh, I I would say that we we are currently not in a position to fight corruption effectively. There are some important steps, there are some foundations to build on, Um, but we're not in a position yet uh, to be confident that we're winning this battle.
0: And uh, on that note, I'd like us to to take a moment to breathe. But when we come back, I, I just want to latch on to what you just said. Do we need more investigations, especially given what the Zonda Commission's report has said? And the criticism to that has been that do we need more investigations or do we simply need people to be arrested? But let's take a breather and come back with that in a moment. Sunday Morning Discussion on Weekend View. You're still listening to The Weekend View. It's the final minutes of the show. It goes by so quickly. And uh, we're still in conversation with the chairperson of the National Anti-Corruption Advisory Council, Mr. Feroz Kachalia, talking about the issues of corruption. Let's uh, quickly take some of your thoughts, Ro saying, I honestly see no pace in fighting corruption. All I hear is talking about corruption, but no action else um, we would have seen corrupt politicians ending up in jail, especially all those involved in state capture if indeed the country was once captured and stay in Guazulana town saying, Sismongi, although Eskim and performance of our rand are stressing us but I find solace that Orlando Pirates are playing well. Great show, I, I stay I'm not sure what you're talking about with Orlando Pirates there. Me, I'm not getting involved and easy. Not coming there. Not coming. Let's go back to our conversation with uh, Mr. Kachalia. Um And Mr. Kachala, we're talking about, you know, um, some of the recommendations by the State Capture Commission that there be ongoing investigations. But listening to the sentiment that's coming this morning and has been coming for quite some time and even came after the recommendations were made is that South Africa doesn't need more investigations. We simply need people to get arrested.
1: We can arrest people and we should be arresting them, but you have to secure convictions. Mm -hmm. To secure convictions, you need effective investigations. You need effective prosecution. Now, a lot of these crimes are complex, um, corrupt. Those who have been charged with corruption often have deep pockets. Mm -hmm. They can hire the most expensive and the most capable lawyers. So let's be clear that our challenge is to uh, build the capacity of the MPA,
0: mm.
1: of the Hawks, to investigate, of the SIU, to investigate and prosecute um, criminal conduct. And it is very clear that, that we are not yet in a position to ensure that um, all corruption is effectively investigated uh, and that the prosecutions uh, secure convictions. So that's where we are. Mm. I think there has been progress over the last two years, but it's it's not sufficient. And, and building that capacity is going to take time.
0: Yeah. And from your vantage point, I mean, a lot of damage has also been done in these institutions because while the work also continues to capacitate them, but how do you also begin to repair the damage that is now already exists, given what they've also been through?
1: I think South Africa uh, is in a difficult moment. Um, we, are, we, are, ha- we have to rebuild. We have to go back to basics um, and, and rebuild, rediscover our hope, rediscover our vision, rediscover our determination to build our country. Um, we've gone through a period of state capture. Uh, perhaps it's ongoing. There is deep, pervasive, and systemic corruption. There's no no doubt about that. So so where do we go from here?
0: Mm. And there's um, another. And
1: I'm, I think that yeah. it's also important not to talk ourselves into depression. Mm. We can act. Mm. Um, I I can say that that. Um, you know, our impression as a council, uh, meeting with the head of the MPA, meeting with the Hawks, meeting with the SIU and making some kind of um, assessment, there, there are foundations to build on. Mm. There mm. are good people, um, uh, people with capabilities, people who have the country's interest at heart in these institutions who are doing their best but who don't yet have the, um, we we don't yet have the depth of capacity, and skill and competence in these institutions to win the battle. And um, how and do you? And we are in the process. We are in the yeah. phase of rebuilding.
0: And how do you, you know, begin to, to not talk ourselves into, into a depression? I'm interested in that because, uh, you know, a lot of people, when you listen to them, it sounds like there's, this is a losing battle that South Africa is, is fighting. But you are saying that there is something to build on. There is something that can be done. So very briefly then, in about 20 seconds, how do we begin to have this conversation in a manner that is not depressing?
1: We, we, we have no choice and I'd say to rebuild yeah and even though i hear a lot of angry criticism i think that one of south africa's strengths is that we have an active critical public w- one of the big elements important elements of any fight against corruption is going to have to be is going to be an active critical citizenry uh, that holds politicians accountable. Um, that does, in fact, prioritize the fight against corruption, because we understand the impact this is having on our on service delivery, uh, on everything that we've struggled for. So uh, I believe that um, there's hope. I, oh, I, right. I think that South, Af- South Africans have the resilience uh, and the capabilities to turn this around.
0: All right. Mr. Kachala, let me thank you for your time. And I do hope we speak again because it's quite an important conversation. And thank you so much for your insights this morning. Um, that is Mr. Feroz Kachale, chairperson of the National Anti-Corruption Advisory Council. I tell you, we have not even begun to scratch the surface on the work that they are doing as the council, but we'll continue to, uh, you know, bring you installments of this particular story because it's an important one. And, you know, especially when it comes to the strengthening of our institutions, that is a conversation all on its own and what does it look like